0: Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Rev with Rachel, where we recreate, enlighten, and vibrate in our radiance. I am Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone, but you can call me Rachel. This podcast is the place to learn about really feeling our emotions, mastering the mind, being aware of our energy, and tuning into our own body's intuition for the purpose of living in bliss, healing, freedom, peace, and what I call our godly potential. I am thrilled that this episode is brought to you by the Rev with Rachel affiliate, source code meditation, something that has been very transformational and liberating for my own life. It's an online education and meditation practice for awakening and energizing your higher brain and expressing your most radiant, authentic self. You can go to the show notes for the link to sign up for a free enlightening webinar with the creator, Dr. Michael Cotton. And I would love to stay connected with you. If you want updates about Rev with Rachel and living a Rev life, please go to drrachelw.com, enter your name and email address. I will send you my new free video class called um, Radical Radiant Growth. And I'll also send you my nine happiness and healing essentials. And that talks about some of my favorite tools for healing and um, shifting and transforming our lives. So. And also please like Rev Life on Facebook. So Today's episode I'm very excited about. It's called Reforming the Comfort Zone with Rochelle Neiman. Rochelle is a wife, dog mom, writer, and owner of nourishingworthiness.com, and she's always searching for growth and adventure. She has been a student of personal growth for decades and has finally learned what it takes to transform her life into a fulfilling and connected life, and she wants to share what she has learned. Rochelle's on a mission to inspire individuals to make the transformation from fear to self-love and wonders what could, can be possible if we focused on mental wellness over mental illness. Welcome to the show, Rochelle. It's great to connect with you here. Yeah, thank
1: you for having me here. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, and you're a fellow eWomen Network Twin Cities member, so it's always fun to have you know people I know from there on the show.
1: Yes, it's been an amazing community that's really helped me grow um, this past year.
0: Very cool. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your own personal story? You know, how did you become passionate and aware of comfort zone things within yourself?
1: Sure. It started when I was uh, quite young, actually. When I was um, just started school, I didn't talk to hardly anybody. And I realized that my comfort zone was being within myself, so I often would just escape to my head, and that was my comfort zone. And that um, led to a very lonely and unfulfilling life, so I lacked a lot of connection and skills to meet new friends. Mm -hmm. And so um, growing up like that as an adult, it um, created a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. And the more I grew, the more I realized I didn't want to be that way anymore, but I just didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. and it um, manifested over many years of me fighting with myself and um, it ended up with me having a horrible anxiety attack where I ended up in urgent care and had like chest pain and it was really humbling but frightening as well because I really did feel uh, mentally fragile after that occurrence But that was kind of the catalyst for my growth and my journey over the past four years or so of really finding what it means to transition from that fear of being stuck within our comfort zones and how to overcome that to um, take a more approach of self-love and um, connection with ourselves and others. Oh, I love that. So was there kind of a a point that you
0: know, when you were going through your experience, you know, having a panic attack and then moving beyond that and having some new awarenesses, what did that look like for you?
1: Um, after I had the the kind of anxiety attack, panic attack, I um, really started just searching for, for resources, whatever I could find. I just started googling. Uh, personal growth, essentially. And I ended up finding um, Brene Brown's work, and her first book that I read was The Gifts of Imperfection. And that really um, made it clear to me how vulnerability and shame had actually impacted my life greatly, mm-hmm. and how I could do something different to react to them in the future.
0: Yeah. And I mean, those are big topics with vulnerability and shame, but can you, would you describe kind of what that is and how it was showing up for you? And I, I appreciate you sharing all of this, you know, to help our listeners and how, how we can kind of reach within ourselves and, and grow and, um, you know, expand beyond we'll talk more, you know, specifically comfort zone, but this is, these are like roots of things that really, I think, hold us back. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just speak around the vulnerability and shame and how that was kind of showing up for you.
1: The vulnerability piece was whenever I felt fear or vulnerable or exposed, I would go back to my head and I retreated to that place often. And I really cut myself off from connection um, within that those means. So when I started realizing that my reactions to the vulnerability were I like, I would become a person I didn't even recognize when I felt really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I would get in a, an argument with my husband <laughs> and I would just become this person, I would start yelling and crying and becoming really emotional. And I didn't recognize myself in those moments. And then um, after the fact, I'd be very surprised that I would react in that way. And I would go to a place of shame Mm. because I had acted in these ways that ultimately embarrassed me and I felt humiliated, but I also would be so uh, critical of myself that it would send me into kind of a shame spiral, which um, led to many more uh, devastating emotions.
0: Mm, Yeah, and then on the inside
1: kind of left not feeling very good and right yeah I would definitely get down on myself and it would be a kind of a continuous cycle of my inner critic um, beating myself up for acting that ways and what's wrong with me why am I this way and it would I would end up at the the bottom of a dark hole
0: yeah and so it's huge to kind of make shifts and heal through that and move through it you know how did you do that
1: Um, I started realizing that that feeling of discomfort that we feel when we're about to grow is something that I had to stop avoiding Mm. and that I actually had to start embracing that, that feeling of, I I call it a feeling of ick. (laughs) 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 But you get this, you know, feeling within you and it's like really uncomfortable. And that's kind of when I would retreat um, to internally Um, Whenever I felt that, and I realized that I would have to embrace that feeling and actually start to feel some of these emotions to move through them and let them move through me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing, you know, for me, um, I was very good at being nice, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So in my growth journey, getting comfortable, you know, explaining myself or, um, Setting a boundary or explaining what my values are, stuff like that was not comfortable. And I would find myself get so uncomfortable when I would have to begin expressing that. But I as I stepped into that more and more, it gets more, you know, comfortable. But I'd like to say like we have to just get comfortable with being uncomfortable as we're stepping into new ways of being.
1: Yeah, I totally agree that it's a it's a new feeling that we've been avoiding forever, but it's um yeah getting comfortable with that feeling and knowing that it's going to come often in the process of growth
0: yeah and then I think it's big for I know people like you and I who are more generally reserved I was very shy as a child not with with my immediate family or one-on-one with people but if I got in groups I would kind of be the observer and um but you know uh I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, getting more comfortable with, with expressing ourselves and then not worrying what people think about that or if they perceive that like us as being bad or good or judging what we have to say, we can just be ourselves. And, and I think the source of that, Fear too is just our own self judgment and releasing that. And as we release that, then then it just really doesn't matter what other people might think or how they might perceive us. Does that resonate at all, or am I just making that up and speaking for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, my I. Determined my worth off of what other people thought of me. And I, called my, I call myself a recovering chronic people pleaser mm. because I was just constantly trying to impress other people or avoid judgment by them. And uh, through this process of growth, I realized when you own your own worth and your own value, you don't have to do the dance of worthiness anymore for other people because you inherently believe it within yourself. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of stop um, looking to others for that that, uh, connection you're looking for when you have it within yourself.
0: Yeah, and kind of like seeking validation from out there instead of just within ourselves and choosing to be okay with ourselves. I know for me, a big um, kind of shift or aha was – someone had said, not to me directly, but to a group of us, like, there's nothing wrong with you. And it just, and I had already kind of embraced that concept in other ways, but then it was the, the just the way it was said in that moment. It, I, it took me to a new level of like, there's just nothing wrong with us, but we're always kind of trying to run around, fix ourselves or figure out what's wrong. But when we, we can just access that place of self-acceptance and self-love and we just embrace like maybe there's just nothing wrong
1: with us (laughs) (laughs) it's just more about us being us (laughs) yeah like it's a whole process and journey and it's not a from a broken state to a fixed state it's a continual continual process of um, giving ourselves and practicing love and compassion with ourselves as well as um, like that importance of setting boundaries and keeping the healthy relationships with others as well.
0: Yeah. You know, I think having that aha of I I want to choose self-acceptance and self-love is huge for people's lives. How, how did that shift things or uh,
1: move things forward in your own life? It actually took me a long time to even realize that I didn't have that, um, a lot of people I kept hearing a lot. It's talked about a lot today is um, being authentic and authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't know what people were talking about when they were talking about authenticity, but I think I had gone so long without looking inward to myself and looking outward for validation that I lost sight of my values and my identity. And so it took me a long time to even put the pieces together of realizing what my core values are, how I can act in alignment with them, and then kind of identifying, putting that piece together with identifying my inner critic, Um, having all that together finally made me realize like, oh, I really am not practicing self-love. I'm saying really mean things to myself and bringing myself down. Um, and so that was kind of when I started to transition and learn what compassion, self-compassion was and how to practice it and how to speak to my inner child um, in a nice way instead of just trying to push her away and kind of just uh, recognizing that all of these fears were part of me and being nice to those parts of me and accepting of them was a, a big transition in that.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, that sounds very powerful. And I mean, this isn't a conversation that I grew up really having with people or out, you know, in groups of friends and stuff until I started getting in, you know, more into reading about these topics myself or attending different workshops. Um, But this is, I mean, this is kind of I don't know. It just seems like people are looking for change in their lives, but this isn't the place they want to go. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. So I like, oh, they'll go sign up for a gym membership, but not really take the time to, uh, you know, slow down and pause and meditate and maybe read about this stuff or um, hop on a webinar of, of these topics.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think some of that does come back down to the idea of, um, that uncomfortableness because it is quite uncomfortable to unpack all your stuff. Yeah, (laughs) And so it is hard to go that way. And I think our society kind of rejects the ideas. You often hear people like say they used essential oils and it made a difference, but you know, they don't really know if it made a difference or if it's just in their head. It's like, well, if it either way, it's working for you. So why are we rejecting these ideas that, things can work for us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So now speak to kind of reforming the comfort zone. When you speak to reforming the comfort zone, what do you mean by that?
1: I think we uh, spend a lot of times carefully defining this zone of comfort around us where we we don't feel too uncomfortable. And I realized this recently that I have been playing a little bit within my comfort zone. Um, I'm preparing for a race in a couple of weeks, a running race. And I haven't prepared as well as I could have. So I'm trying to make up for lost time. Uh Um, So as I was training, running on a treadmill, I started watching some motivational videos. And as I was watching them, I was feeling motivated. And then I was pushing myself harder. And I realized that through my training previously, I was just kind of touching the edge of my comfort zone, but I wasn't really pushing the boundaries of it. It wasn't um, making it bigger or re- reforming it. And so I realized that um, a lot of times we'll dabble with the edges of our comfort zone, but we need to find the tools, like watching the the inspirational videos for me, to push us a little bit beyond of where we think our comfort zone is, because I think uh, we're still playing small.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one of the ways I... I kind of stepped out of my comfort zone was by joining Toastmasters. And actually, well, years ago, when I first joined Toastmasters, I met a woman and I, when we are in our networking circle, I said, I want to practice public speaking. And I had done presentations before in grad school and at conferences and stuff, but it was very different than, um, I, I mean, it was never comfortable for me. I, I had a lot of anxiety around it. And, um, it was so nervous and things, and so now I'm stepping into having my own business, and I knew I needed to show up in a new way, but so she said, oh, you need to check out Toastmasters, so I go to Toastmasters, and I was nervous before every meeting, but I, the place that I went, my kids were little, I could take them and just pay for child care there, you didn't have to be a member to get child care, so it worked out perfectly, mm-hmm. Um I could go to the meeting, you know, practice speaking. There's impromptu areas where they, you know, you get called on to speak on some topic and it can be like kind of fantasy or drawing a picture of something or, you know, just kind of, or values basic. It could be anything. And that just, that was very nerve wracking for me, but I did that for three years. I even was the president for a little bit and it, it really got me more comfortable with just my own voice and what I have to say instead of, oh, here's this information and now I need to present it in this certain way. I was really learning to express myself and speak from my soul instead of, um, in a rehearsed kind of knowledgeable way.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But that, I mean, that was really big. And then now starting the podcast too, um, that really got me out of my comfort zone with speaking also just, um, I used to be really nervous before each one, and now I can kind of go in and not feel too nervous and just trust what conversation comes up to come up.
1: Yeah, I find myself in preparation for um, being on a podcast as I start to try and prepare every
0: word I'm going to
1: say. And it's like, well, let's just let it flow and see what happens. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's so true. And, uh, you know, sometimes now I have people who I interview who want to know kind of what questions are going to be asked. And that's how I was when I was interviewed on a podcast. I was, I wanted to kind of prepare and, and then other people are very comfortable with it, but, uh, you know. It, it works whatever way, but I think it's just, it is fun to just see how, um, to notice how we've grown and acknowledge that as, as um, I don't know, an accomplishment. Like, that's cool. We're putting ourselves out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think that um, looking back and reflecting is a really important part because we get so caught up in how we're feeling today and it still feels like a struggle because we're still growing and feeling uncomfortable but when you look back and see how far you've come, I think it's important to do that and reflect that you have grown and done something to be different. Oh, I love that. Yeah,
0: reflection is important. So I know you have a kind of a process for growth. Do you want to talk about those C's, those that triangle that you have? Sure. Um,
1: I... What I discovered was as I went through several iterations or processes of growth that um, kind of the same thing would come out um, through the process. And so it starts with, um, I've made a little triangle out of it, but it starts with curiosity and it starts with um, asking questions. And a lot of times generative questions help with, how can I do this? What actions can I take to make this possible? And so starting to ask myself those questions would help me kind of get unstuck. And then when you start to make progress and you hit that wall of discomfort, you have to look to courage. And so when you um, start the process of growth and you're feeling really uncomfortable and you get stuck um, in the, those feelings, then you have to find the courage to keep progressing forward forward. And then the last um, C is the compassion piece, which was the hardest for me to discover that when I'm at this wall of discomfort and I'm looking to this courage, it's also being kind to myself in the process. Mm -hmm. And um, I realized that I could grow much more, much more quickly when I was practicing compassion with myself rather than like being, I don't know, tough on myself or Um, like hard on myself about not accomplishing it right away or um, that I took some step backwards. But when I would practice compassion, I would be able to progress forward much faster and easier.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of get up against this kind of thing where I'll accomplish something and then it just I think I I noticed what wasn't just right or per, like I don't even think of myself as a perfectionist, but I'm gonna throw the word out there. <laughs> like, yes. It wasn't perfect enough, and so I kind of just I don't know, it just it don't acknowledge that it was a a big growth point or a big accomplishment or something like that. I think I can do that to myself. I don't know if there's a word for that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I definitely do that too, and it's um, always look, reflecting back and being thinking. Oh, I could have done this, and I could have done that. But I think that is part of, uh, yeah, our perfectionism and our 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 judging of ourselves. Yeah, kind of. So
0: I would love you to share because in your bio you spoke to um, you know focusing on mental wellness over mental illness, and I found that um, a very interesting statement. You kind of speak around that and what you mean. Yeah,
1: um, I find language and the words we use to be really important and powerful, especially with identifying, like, you know, the inner critic and the kind of words um, I've used with myself and how I've transitioned that, and it's made a big impact. And so I feel like if we changed some of the focus to only treating an illness um, to focusing on more wellness and what can we do proactively to manage our mental wellness. Um, I think that a lot of my issues, my struggles, my anxiety came from mismanagement of my emotions and my mental state and my mind for many, many years. And um, I do understand the complexity and the um, importance of recognizing mental illness. I don't want to take... That of any focus away from that, but I think if a lot of us could focus more on the the wellness part and what can we do proactively and in a prevention space, maybe it could change some of our outcomes in the illness space. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what kinds of things do you do to kind of keep your mind and your mental state well?
1: Um, I will practice. Uh, A lot of breathing. Yeah. (laughs) Intentional deep breathing has uh, brought life back to me, I think. Um, Oh, yeah. I breathe a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, just intentionally and big, deep breaths. Um, I also love to practice yoga and um, having that mind-body-spirit connection. Uh, meditating has been a game changer for me. And then like the personal growth space, because we don't know what we don't know. So reading books, listening to podcasts, uh, taking online courses and uh, going to in-person um, events and courses too um, have really helped me with the development and learning new things on how to become more mindful and aware of how my mental mental wellness is impacted. Mm mm-hmm.
0: I love that. I mean, people are speaking of that more and more, but growing up, that wasn't part of the conversation, you know, and even in my, yeah. <laughs> I have a PhD in exercise physiology and the focus was diet, exercise, and medicine, but there's so much more to us than that, that impacts our wellness, whether that's physical, mental, emotional, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it definitely all seems to be connected. <laughs> yeah. It sure is. <laughs> I remember one time doing a meditation and I, um, when I started and I still do very like silent and still meditations um, and other, I've done other meditations in there too, but that, I never let that go. Um, I, I was just, you know, sitting there in my stillness and then I had this emotional feeling come up of humiliation and I totally had like knew, and it was from when I was a little girl. And then the, just the tears just flowed. And so it's amazing to me how powerful, um, you know, I, I think a lot of, there's a lot of like, Oh, I can't do that. I can't master my mind, but it's really not about that. It's too. I think we have to be still and silent to feel what's really deep and going on within ourselves. Mm-hmm. That, that was just my experience, but, um, yeah. And I I think, you know, for me, especially living in the cities, it's so easy to be like so busy and on the go and stuff. And I've really had to rein my life in a bit closer to home and make sure I'm creating that space for, for my powerful silence
1: and stillness. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think it's something we have to be intentional about because it's easy to say, I'll do it later or I'll, you know, Right after this thing, and then we never get around to it. And so I think it's um, difficult to start the practice, but then um, being intentional about uh, making it a priority, I think, has, has to be part of the process as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. And now I
0: don't, I hope you don't mind if I ask you a personal question. Oh, <laughs> you did bring up your relationship with your husband. So how has your own journey shifted things with him?
1: Um, it's been an interesting journey because this all kind of started right when we got married. So mm-hmm. it's um, been a an interesting journey but he's been he's been so supportive and a lot of times it's been me keeping him at an arm's length while I've had to process my own stuff mm-hmm. um, but he's been incredibly understanding and supportive through that process but I also kept him at an arm's length until I was ready and then it was um like I needed this change in our relationship because he was kind of doing his own thing I was kind of doing my own thing and then I had to you know tell him I needed something and that was probably one of the hardest conversations I've ever had to have is being that people pleaser having to tell somebody I need something was Mm -hmm. really really difficult but uh, we had that conversation and then um I kind of introduced him to, I practiced the Miracle Morning um, by Mm -hmm. Hal Elrod and I'm involved in his group. So I um, introduced my husband into that and he's really embraced the personal growth path with me. Oh, Um, awesome. It's been really encouraging and enlightening.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, very cool. I love that. I, yeah, I've experienced similar shifts and things like that in my own relationship with my husband too. Yeah. It changes things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <definitely. laughs> I was like, I don't know if he's going to like the new me, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. So. Yeah. <laughs> kind of for me, I, I was experiencing where just on the inside, I would feel kind of irritated and stuff like that. And I was like, gosh, I don't, I hear I'm like married and have the kids I always wanted dog and, like that's not how I want to be feeling on the inside. So that that was one of the things. Besides not waking up feeling joyful in the morning, that started yeah my journey. I'm like, what is this inside of me? I've never, you know, I hadn't gone within very much up until that point in my life, and so it was time. Yeah, yeah. So any any last comments or things you want to share with the listeners about the comfort zone?
1: Um, I would just encourage everybody to at least start playing with the boundaries of your comfort zone. And I know it's uncomfortable, but embrace that feeling because what's beyond the comfort zone is really where the magic kind of happens. And it's on the other side of that fear that our growth really comes and who knows what's possible once we we embrace that discomfort and overcome those fears to to live more fulfilling and connected lives. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Rochelle. Oh, thank you. This is an honor.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you sharing so much of your own story and um, you know, how you've personally grown. That's awesome. Thank you. And so if our, our listeners want to connect with you, how would they go about doing that?
1: Uh, the best way is probably through my website, um, nourishingworthiness.com. Or uh, they can find me on Instagram at Unbind the Heart, um, which is the name of my blog within Nourishing Worthiness. Um, Or they can find me on Facebook just as Rochelle Neiman.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that. Hey Rev with Rachel listeners, if you haven't already done so, please hit the subscribe button so you get all of the latest episodes. And if you're ready to dive deeper into your freedom and radiant expression, you can get my book Radiantly Free, Recreating Life and Health from the Radiance of You on Amazon. I also have an app that will support you on your journey to inner healing and radiance. It's free to download and you can subscribe for more features, including my daily recreators, Power words for retraining your mind and get special push notifications from me with quotes and other messages for your healing journey. For the links to download and subscribe, go to rachelapp.com. With that, remember to rev, recreate, enlighten, and vibrate. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, be love.